Pablo Kristen Dave Podcast May 15th, 2020 Who are we listening to? This is a song called Tenderly By Nat and Alex Wolf I like it Yeah, it's nice Oh yeah, what happened to us bringing our ukuleles? I forgot about that. I don't know. We Next all week. forgot. Let's Next week. That. Next week. I also listened to the clientele after. You yeah, they're they're good, it. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I gotta. Right. If I don't add it to a playlist, then I forget about it. There goes Laura Coker now. Oh, hi, hello. Laura. Hello. Hello. What a beautiful puppy. Oh. It's a doodle. <laughs> Laura has a doodle. <laughs> she does have a doodle, a beautiful doodle. <laughs> like your doodle, baby. <laughs> okay. Hi. Yesterday was my birthday. I you know. know birthday. Happy birthday. Yay, Dave. What did you do? 58 years old. Really? Well, you just make it look so good. You sure do. Oh, thanks, Pops. <laughs> so what, what did you do for your birthday, and how did you feel about your birthday? Well, uh, this year I, I kind of don't, it, it, I don't know. It's kind of a nothing birthday. I mean, birthdays have some significance to me. It's a, I always kind of take it as a time to, um, sort of reflect and assess where I have, where I'm at, I am at this point. It's kind of a checkbook or touchstone. Yeah. Um, so, but this year, the it's such a touchstone. You know, just being alive is yeah. a good. I, I, I'm. You're winning. I took it as a time to th- to be thankful that I woke up healthy again. But can you take us through your um, birthday morning? Like you woke up. Oh yeah, I. You know, it was kind of a normal. I mean, as far as my, I didn't ritualize the day really, except that it was a beautiful day yesterday, and uh, my birthday also coincides with. Morale mushroom hunting season, uh, yeah. and uh, morale mushrooms, in my experience, always come up right when the lilacs bloom, and um, the lilacs are just starting to bloom. Like when they're in full bloom, that's when the morales happen, and so it's still a little bit early. But I decided to go out uh, morale. Hunt. I, I went for a long bike ride and just um, stopped in little patches of woods around the city. I w- rode out towards St. Louis Park. Um, and I went down the uh, the line where they're installing the new LRT mm-hmm. uh, light yeah, rail. I sure. How does and, that look? Oh my God! It is torn it's, up. Yeah. Holy it's cow! Po- it's post-apocalyptic. For miles and miles decimation. and miles and miles. That's on the Cedar Trail. Yeah, on the Cedar Trail. Yeah. Can, so can you bike on it? Still? You can bike down almost to St. Louis Park, um, and then it kind of redirects you um, on little detours. Um, and so, which is kind of cool. It's, it, it, so you ride down and you're kind of riding right next to all the construction and then you, uh, veer off on the detours to, uh, uh, into little neighborhoods that I've never seen before. Like uh, down, uh, have you ever heard of Bass Lake Park? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of it. I, I think Amy Orkin lives down that way. Yeah. Cause that's like by the JCC. Yeah. Right? That, and Nora and uh, Carl live that away too. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. It's yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, the Bass Lake Park is probably a mile away from them, but yeah. uh, it's northeast of them. But it's a beautiful little park. There's a little lake there and uh, a, a path that goes around it, and lots of uh, people out jogging and stuff. But um, um, and little spots of woods that I went mushroom hunting in, um, and didn't find anything um, around there. But oh, so I was riding down and. Um, uh, I got to Benilde High School, mm-hmm. and um, uh, while I was looking for mushrooms around Benilde, uh, I got a call from Jim Clifford, who I haven't talked to in a long time, and he Swinging really Uncle wants to Jimmy. meet you, oh. Pops. Yeah, you got, we got, in fact, I, I was thinking we should have Jim Clifford as a guest. Oh, a- uh, absolutely. Good idea. Yeah. Swinging Uncle Jimmy. He should come on Ukulele Day, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. That that would be great, too. But uh, but just a, to talk, I mean, his... Yeah, just to talk. His stories of yeah. being at CBGB oh in the God. 70s. He's got a, he's got a he's lot got a of, good, of good ones. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure, um, I've, I'm sure I've met him, but I just can't place it, and I don't remember if we actually know each. I'm sure we don't actually know each. I other. think maybe so you for met those him who don't know, yeah. Jim Clifford is uh, an old friend of my, one of my my oldest dearest friends, and my partner in the Meteor Boys, our um, ukulele act. But we've played music forever. He used to be in the Wallets. Uh, he was the bass player for the Wallets, but before that, he was. Um, in, well, he was in several bands. He was in a band called the Marbles that was apparently kind of the toast of the town at one point in New York. He lived in New York for years. Um, and he was part of the scene with uh, David Byrne, De- Debbie Harry, uh, the Ramones, the, all, all that stuff. And he played at C- many times at CBGBs with all those guys. And uh, um, yeah, so, so he was part of that whole scene the new wave scene yeah and he came into my life when he and my sister were paramours yeah carolee yeah Yeah. and that's yeah that i that may well yeah i I was thinking i met all all y'all at first through uh your mom yeah the realist uh, Ginny frable like Dina realty yes um five five four five four five four um i still got my coffee mug (laughs) me Um, too the Ginny mug Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jim, so he's closely related to this circle, and yeah. he should come join us someday. Absolutely, and a fellow Lifelines alum. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. He was the one who got me my job And he did, he did all the photographs for the Brass Messengers website. Oh, he's an amazing photographer. He really oh, nice. is, yeah. Is that his day gig? Uh, I no, think he's he... beyond day gig at this point. He's a flaneur. He's a bon vivant. He's a scene maker. His Oscar (laughs) party, I have to say, his Oscar party, his very exclusive Oscar party that has lots of rules and you dress up for it. It's so fun. And I've been lucky to be included in the last three years. Where does uh, Jim live? Over northeast, northeast by Emily. with kids. He is. He's um, married, no kids. He was a famous Brazilian bachelor for many years. Uh, Yeah, and he used to go to uh, Brazil. Uh, a couple months a year. We every never year. thought he'd get married. I mean, yeah. he's last he's guy in the world. Last guy in the world, dude. He's a beautiful dude and a great friend, and just had so much of himself to share. I guess you could say. <laughs> so why would you say? Why did you think he was never going to get married? What was that about? Well, he he seemed like he was on the trajectory of um you know fabulous taste in women 
and then you know he 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 then he would move move on you're saying he's a player i didn't say that I <laughs> that's did what not you say said it. No, you no, said no. it with everything I but your words i did Frable. not say it there's you know i mean i think of the male experience as more multi-dimensional than that pablo <laughs> i don't like to pinpoint you gentlemen into any kind of cliche <laughs> pigeonhole yeah but his wife is phenomenal yeah, she is so sweet yeah. and beautiful and, and brilliant. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, She's and very she smart. <laughs> she came here with not really not a word of English, and uh, and Jim, to his credit, another amazing thing about Jim is that he, so he he really got into Brazil, Brazilian culture, Brazilian music, um, Brazilian women, um, <laughs> and he uh, would go down there for a couple months a year and live with the family and go to uh, uh, Portuguese school during the day and then you know live with the family and learn and he is fluent in portuguese now yeah um, portuguese. which helped with his courting it's amazing yeah amazing it's amazing summer. and and so after my divorce I, I went down to brazil uh to visit um and heal my my love wounds um which <laughs> if you ever go for the listeners out there if you if you're a guy and you go through a divorce immediately go to brazil <laughs> that is the balm because <laughs> it's such a loving beautiful culture and it's all about it's all about people and love and well in this day and age i suppose it's not it's so your post breakup locale is um brazil frames what would yours be what are your what's your post breakup i mean um probably europe any specific place like? yeah i probably i would get on the train and just travel like just up travel. through Scotland, Motherwell, go to the Faroe Islands. I mean, I think I think you know that old cliche about sometimes you just have to leave in order to recover from a broken heart. I think yeah. it's absolutely true. And uh, and going to an I mean, depends depends on how, you know, deep you swam in the waters, I suppose, or your resilience, but um you know, the last really significant breakup I had, I just remember thinking, oh, this is why they went to Europe after this. Must leave town. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> did you ever read that book? I did. Yeah, I never did. It seemed like every woman I ever knew was carrying around that book. For Is that the, they made a movie with Julia Roberts? She goes to... Yeah. I've seen. I think I've seen the movie Tibet or something. Or, yeah, I, I, India. I, I don't I know. India is that it? Okay, yoga. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert is interesting. It kind of became a cliche that every woman would carry around that book. But there was, um, she's she's an interesting person. She's she has a good Twitter feed and is a thoughtful, smart lady. Huh. Okay, maybe I'll check out the movie first. No, terrible. No, terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, so to get back to my birthday, yes. yeah. let's circle back. Uh, I I talked to Jim, and um, and when I and I I had been skunked on finding mushrooms up until that point, and uh, um, as I was talking to him, I was I, I stuck him, I put him on my headphones, and was riding my bike uh, and looking for mushrooms, and immediately on hanging up, I looked up, and in this tree in Cedar Lake Park. I saw a million mushrooms, but they were not morels. They were oh. what they called dryad saddles, but I like dryad saddles. They're delicious. And uh, the this kind tree on trees? Was, yeah, it was, oh. it, this tree was covered with dryads, and I harvested about five pounds of them and loaded oh. them into my little satchel, and 
I went home and then uh, uh, Kathy came over and we are social distancing right now. Um, but she came over with a couple of presents and um, we and I set up a table and a little fire pit and we sat six feet apart and chatted by a camp our little campfire with music and nice. it was yeah it was really nice and then i fry then i uh sauteed up all my five pounds of mushrooms and put them in freezer bags and Whoa. sealed them and put them in the freezer to sit for a couple of years before i eat them no why a couple of years <laughs> i don't know it's oh, okay. just the way it goes my freezer okay. is full of wild gotcha. mushrooms i've got a yeah if, if you if you need more wild mushrooms i got them good to know Good to know. So, that was my birthday. That that's, sounds that's lovely. pretty good. That was nice. I'm curious about the tree mushrooms. You know, are they the kind that come out like little elf? Yeah, like shells. Decks? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was walking down by Cedar Lake, and one of the trees has just popped out with them. And I didn't know they were edible. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you should tell me exactly where that tree it's is. It's just so. right on the um, trail down to the lake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I saw those. I was there yesterday, and those are are not edible. Those are oh. what they call artist conks. Okay, okay. Not to be mistaken for the tree, whatever, because of differences, which huh? are what? What? <laughs> I'm trying to find out what the differences are. Well, I mean, there's a million different kinds of mushrooms. Um, some edible, some not, and. Uh, some of the ones, some of the tree mushrooms are edible. Um, the most notable ones being dried saddles, which come out in the spring, and then uh, chicken mushrooms, which are kind of oh, yellow. They yeah, I love some, those. Some people call them sulfur shells. And yeah, those are great. And um, oyster mushrooms mm-hmm. are another one Delish. that's very good. Uh, but now, when you say these these ones that Frable saw are not edible, they're not poisonous necessarily, right? You like, you just couldn't chew it. They're like wood. Oh, they're gotcha. hard as a rock. I don't know. They they might be another one that's hard as a rock that is highly desirable. It's called chaga. Have you ever heard of chaga? Chaga. They are. They look. They grow on um, birch trees or poplar trees, and uh, they look like a giant. Uh, kind of ball on the side of the tree that mm. looks like it's been burned, hmm. like a, like a it, it kind of looks like a burnt out log or something. I think that this um, and that you make those are hard as a rock, also like wood. You have to uh, chop them off with a ta- with a hatchet. Yeah. But then um, people uh, grind them up and make tea out of it, mm. and it's it's good. And it, and the Russians believe it's the they call it the I think they call it the mother mushroom. It, they it's uh, they believe it's the cure all for everything, cancer, you know, diabetes, whatever. It's the it's the king of all mushrooms. I what a wonderful way to be outside to forage for mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, and it makes you hyper aware of your environment, you know, because you're looking at every tree and you're yeah. kind of trying to uh, assess the ecosystem that uh, you know like why why is this growing here you mm-hmm. know like uh, because most mushrooms are uh symbi- have symbiotic relationships with trees mm-hmm. and with their their close environment and uh so in order to get good at finding mushrooms you're trying to assess assess the the micro environment that they're growing in so sure. um what's so the, what's that fantastic book by paul's Stamets. 
Yeah, mycelium, mycelium. Mycelium running. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Mushrooms, mushrooms will save the world. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't a mushroom one of? The, I mean, I think arguably the largest organism in the world is in Seattle and Washington and Oregon. It's a mush. It's yeah. A, it's a, a honey mushroom right. that uh, that covers thousands of acres right yeah. and that has you know that 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 they make comparisons to neural networks in terms of yeah how it communicates across yeah. that vast span well, the real question is how does it taste sauteed <laughs> <laughs> honey mushrooms are poisonous but so, not so there's well. degrees of poisonousness um and in fact uh, uh like psilocybin mushrooms were are kind of considered poisonous but they're only poisonous in that they mess you up you know right. your brain um in a good way i, yeah. I would say but uh, um other mushrooms are well like for instance there's uh one of the ones that i find quite a lot there's probably some here in this park um are uh, called inky caps hmm. and those are interesting in that they they work like ant abuse which ant- is that ant abuse what the, does that that's the mean? stuff it, so if you drink any alcohol if you eat those mushrooms and drink any alcohol, huh. they'll make you deathly ill. Oh my! But they're delicious and choice if you don't use them with alcohol. Fascinating. So yeah, they 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 kind of scare me. Um, That's odd, isn't it? But because I, you know, what I about the drink. alcohol that we make in our bodies? We make alcohol in our bodies. Yes, in your lower distillery, Dave. Next oh. year. Oh. Oh. Oh, maybe I'm colon? thinking. Maybe I'm thinking of sugar. Never mind. But but you know how from fermented food and breads, there's an alcohol. Rea- okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's clear. I was just there's a puppy here. I was admiring the puppy. Oh. Hi, puppy. Puppy. So many people buying puppies. Yeah. He's a handsome puppy. He is a handsome puppy. Well, your birthday uh, sounds lovely, Dave. It sounds great. Yeah, it was a real nice birthday, I must yeah. say. Um, and I am happy to be alive at 58. Oh. Did you do the uh, cake thing at all? Not yet. Kathy said that she's going to p- make me a pineapple upside down cake. Ooh, that mm, sounds I good. love me a pineapple upside down cake. I don't know that I've really good. had pineapple Dude. upside down cake. Oh, I oh. oh, so good. <laughs> that right? might be a little too sweet for me. It's real sweet, that's for yeah. sure. Well, you know, the kind I like isn't that sweet, though. It's like more of a pound cake, but then that's it's got the caramelization and the delicious sweetness yeah, of the Yeah, the pineapple. caramelization is the key. That's the key. I've been um, jonesing on this carrot cake recipe, and I'm I'm almost there. You know, I have to. I bake and then I have to share. So my depository is Lowry Hill Meats because I, I am dating that store. I love them. <laughs> I love them all. And so um, last time I baked, I brought a bunch of cupcakes up there. Oh, nice! And now I'm going to learn how to make carrot cake and bring a carrot cake up there. You got to have a mold for a carrot cake, don't you? No. Or that's I'm thinking of, you know, at all Bunt these. Cake? Well, I'm thinking of carrot cakes that I've had at my sort of family gatherings. And they've all been in, like, not a bunt pan. Well, some of them have been in a bunt pan. Really? But then some have just been in another. You know, but they've all seemed like you had to have a special pan. I used to have a a bunt pan. So sad. I offloaded a bunch of baking goods in a fit of ill temper. 
So here, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a little uh, piece of trivia for you. Good. Um, uh, well, I think that this was an article by this guy Andy Sturdivant. Hey, do, yeah. you, do you know Andy Sturdivant? Yeah. Well, I don't know him, but I, I, I you know, I miss that guy. I, and in fact, I just ordered a book and and got it this morning uh, that was written by uh, or some of the text that goes with the photos it's a, it's about dive bars in the twin cities yeah yeah yeah. i know um, that book and he you know talk about a flaneur um yes. he's kind of like the ultimate twin cities flaneur yes um, with, a, with the beard to prove it yeah and he goes around and he just finds little places cool uh, magical little places around the twin cities and writes about them yeah. and uh and he talk and finds old photos of 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 the Twin Cities and, and talks about those places, the, the history of those places and stuff. But, um, so he did, um, yeah, anyway, he had a column for Min Post for years about old Minneapolis. Um, and you know, anyway, uh, he, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I think that it was him who wrote about when you go, when you ride on the bike path out to, or if you drive down highway 100, um, right about at the bike path and right by, there's a, there's a, a little, it looks like a smokestack that says Nordicware on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Nordicware is the company that made bump pants or invented bunt pants. Oh, okay. And that was their bread and butter. I did um, not know that. Yeah, did not made, know that. Made in Minnesota. Now yeah. the geography, the cartography of the cultural scene in the Minnesota realm, I will know where a bunt pan is. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there when you're driving down Highway 100, yeah. um, look like if you're driving south on it and you're about to get to whatever that is, Mintonka Boulevard or whatever. On your left is a it looks like a smokestack or a, uh, it, yeah, anyway, it says Nordicware on it. Yeah. And uh, that is actually not a smokestack. It is the world's first slip form built grain silo. Whoa. And which was invented here in, in the Twin Cities. And that was just a demonstration project to prove that you could build a concrete thing oh. out of a, a form that you, so you pour the concrete in you slip it up a little bit, pour more concrete, slip it up, right pour on. more concrete, slip it up. And uh, and it only held grain once as a demonstration and then has been empty ever since and has just sat there. And it sits there next to the bike path. You can walk up to it. Wow. And uh, Nordicware just uses uses it as a billboard. You know, it's funny. I'm realizing that every time I drive by there and look at that, I'm imagining that Nordicware makes ceramic pots and that that is a giant kiln. And oh. I realize now that, that none of those things. That's so funny because that true. has occurred to me too. But you know what else occurs to me is that that circles around uh, Jim Clifford because of cream of wheat, speaking of grain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the cartography of place. And yeah, and and that's right across the street that Clifton, the Clifton Manor was. So, Jim, so for our listening audience, Jim Clifford's, I think his great grandfather yeah. invented cream of wheat, and <laughs> um, he became a gazillionaire from it. Chocolate and plain. And yeah, and uh, um, and they built a mansion that's right, that's you know a stone's throw from here, which is no longer there. Now it's. A, a huge high rise and some other but all those streets over there are named like Clifton Place and That's Clifton right. you know this like um, it's all the Clifford uh, 
The legacy. The legacy of the Cliffords. But Jim is not currently rolling in wheat money. You know, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. You, you know, you don't know about people <laughs> and their... You don't know? I don't ask about their checking accounts and their... No, no, like fair, a, fair uh, enough. But I'm just saying, you know, if, like, I'm friends with Son of Batman <laughs> and he's walking around and, you know, uh, he's got a cape and a cowl, I'm going to draw some conclusions. And I might ask about the Batcave on occasion, not to be rude, <laughs> but uh, just because it's so readily apparent... Yeah, I would do the same, Pops. Yeah. So, yes. And uh, uh, so there was a little Elfo. Yeah. Nordicware, Jim Clifford. Yeah. Birthdays, uh, Now mushrooms. everybody really wants to to hear from this fabulous Jim Clifford. We're going to have to get him. Yeah, I do want to hear from this Jim we Clifford. We maybe should get that going. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah. How about you? How about you? What's happening and happened in the intervening week there, Kristen? Let's go with you first. I'm called on. Thank you. Uh, well, I would have to say this week has been pretty great. I got really pulled off my center and had ter- a terrible two days. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. But I course corrected. Um, and realized what the problem was. I, I got kind of recruited into someone else's project. Cult? Not a cult. <laughs> so much. Just a just a moment in time. I got kind of um, kind of recruited. I'm a helpful person. I'm I like people. What was this project? Oh, it doesn't even really matter. I don't want to get into it so much as the fact is, I recognized it was happening. This dynamic. And I went, oh, I see what's happening. And I course corrected, offloaded the project, and was back to my groovy little life. So I'm feeling this incredible sense of relief and celebration about, you know, basically being safe, being with my delightful daughter who ignores me appropriately, and, (laughs) you know, my students who I... I'm very pleased with all my all my piano students are making incredible progress. I bet. It's really I mean no one should have to go to school for six and a half hours. The, the everybody's how can we go back to that stupid busy schedule? Anyway, so that's going well. And then we made a couple of really good meals. Oh my god. And and we also we we decided on um, some structure. We've got a little structure huh. in the old Frable land. What does that mean? Deep cleaning Sundays. Mm. Kitchen, bathroom, op, um, alternate weeks. That's been decided. I'm I need some of that. <sighs> suggest that you call it deep cleaning fun days to help oh, yeah. with the branding. That's a big lie. <laughs> and the I, whole I, time you're doing it, you have to call yourself darling and sweetheart. And <laughs> yeah. That oh, I will I, do. I tried that, by the way. How I, was that, I, Pops? I... Uh, did something i stubbed my toe or did something and i was like i'm gonna try it and it was i felt patronized at first but then i was like (laughs) and i had mixed emotions (laughs) self you're not into self-love i bet you are you can that you can learn that because at first when i started to do it i would go oh okay sweetie it's okay i would be like angry it was a fake it till you make it kind of thing but now I do something really stupid, and I'm like, hey. I wasn't angry. It's it just, okay, sweetie. It just seemed pathetic. <laughs> Both sides of the equation well, see, seem pathetic have, to me. You have to embrace that. It's pathos. It pathos, is pathetic. Yeah, yeah, pathos. It is pathetic in a, in a kind of a human way. 
I think I'd rather just <laughs> suffer. Yeah, and, and move say forward. fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Fuck. fuck I don't even do fuck. that though. I just, you know. You know what McKenna does? It's so I do. funny. She says, "Don't help me." Yeah. Anytime something terrible happens or she stubs her toes something, her first instinct is to get space. Don't help me. Was she like that as a youth? Yes, she was. Give child. her air. Give her air. Yeah, she was. She wanted yeah. space. She didn't want it. commiseration. She wanted time. Look at this lovely little scene. Look at this little girl in her little dress running under the flowery yeah. tree over here. This is like, is that picturesque or what? Yeah, it's pretty. Two little toe-headed children. <laughs> toe-headed? What does that mean? Toe, I learned from Wikipedia, <laughs> is uh, when you spin flax on a car, or when you card flax, that's called toe. I understood one of those words, and that flax. being flax. Yeah, so card, card is, is that when you, you take the the fiber and you put it between those two the hook, hooky things that you pull on it. You basically it, shred it into yeah, you a shred new it. substance. It's, a, it's, a, it's hand work. That's why I don't know In what it pandemic, means. In the pandemic, we're talking about... You know, you used to card the uh, wool, like carding wool. Dave, I've never carded wool. <laughs> Dude. But I know what you're saying. You it's lived. some kind of a thingy that you do to a thingy. Okay, so yeah. toe... Toe is white, like, you know, really white, white, flaxen. blonde. Flax, yeah, it's flax. Toe-headed. Toe is a kind of flax. Mm -hmm. It's a that, color. Like golden, right? Yep. Yeah, it's kind yep. of, okay. yeah, golden yeah. white. So what we're seeing is this incredibly beautiful vista of Seven Pools Park. Oh, with and the, the smell of the, the lilacs. Smell, the lilacs and the trees, the flowering trees, and the children running around. This is, you know, this is where I raised McKenna there. Running in and up and down the seven empty pools. They're not going to fill them, I would imagine. But I don't know. I, I could don't be know. Wrong. Why would they not? I don't know. Now that things are open, maybe they will, because then you can swim all oh, the best. Do you actually swim in these Oh, yes. Kids really? You're not supposed to. Yeah. I didn't know you could swim. No, you're not supposed to. It's like to, a but fountain. But, but I mean, a grown-up can't swim, right? I well, mean, I mean, I... I you, mean, you mean just sort of... Um, Wade. Right? Well, yeah. yeah, but the first pool is pretty deep. Really? Yeah, you can, you can immerse yourself. Midnight swimming in seven pools is the best during a hot summer night. Because the On top, acid? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, the top pool is just tap water. It's just city water. There's nothing... Um, Ex there's nothing in it except the last guy the that dunked himself in there. Yeah, but urine. That's what, there's that's nothing in mean. there but urine. That's why, you, <laughs> that's why you swim in the top pool. Not the bottom one. Yeah, but it's a recirculating pond. It's nope. it, the water goes down to the bottom and it goes circulates back up. Tell me, tell me that's not uh, so. <laughs> Please tell me that's not so because all these years <laughs> I have thought it's just like a drinking fountain. It's just tell me that's no. not so. Of course, it's of it's course. a recirculating. Yeah. No, Dave, you're wrong. <laughs> Let's just move on. And also, it's um, I'm sure it's really well filtered. I'm so sad <laughs> yes, I'm right sure it now. Is. <laughs> Damn it! Well, you're look. You're healthy. You're alive. You haven't got. <laughs> you didn't get whatever salmonella from it or or uh, E. coli poisoning. Yeah. So or urine poisoning. Okay. 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 <laughs> urine is sterile. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So right, peeing on mosquito bites and peeing on uh, what uh, what's that rashy stuff. That you walk in the poison woods. ivy, poison ivy, right? Is this um, a medicinal your, thing or a recreational? 
thing? <laughs> it's both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Recromedicinal. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a. This park is yeah, is beautiful. Very picturesque. I oh have my to say, God, look at this tree. Mother's me. Day very was beautiful. so great. How was Rhoda's Mother's yeah. Day? Well, I had I mean, a great Mother's Day. I called her. I think she had a pretty uneventful Mother's Day. Yeah. Same with Stephanie. I, I called her. I call her every day. We talk. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom and I, she, she used to have the all the five girls and her go to Theaterworth Park for a picnic and a walkabout. I just thought of a really fun uh, Frable movie where you <laughs> discover that there is a brother. Oh my God! <laughs> we a do have we lost did have a, we do have a secret cousin. Yeah, but I that's. Good, secret? but a secret brother would be even better. Yeah, and, and you know what? Actually, I think about this a lot because my dad um, was a traveling salesman and he went to lacrosse. And I have a special fondness for lacrosse. And every yeah. once in a while I think, God, I bet I have a sibling here. What if there is a family in lacrosse, a Frable family of five brothers oh. who are the exact opposite of the Frable gals? That would be so interesting. I don't I, know what opposite might mean. Yeah, but I'm all either. I'm all for secret siblings, it could secret be a, cousins. It could be a modern day uh, seven brides for seven brothers. Yeah, in a in a weird kind of way. Yeah, I don't know that well enough. That it was uh, it was seven bro- like lumberjack brothers in yeah. Seattle or something. Yeah. yeah, and they got mail order brides, yeah. seven seven sisters. It would be that a little different. And they <laughs> turned out that they were all related. Yeah, because <laughs> because of that reason, David. I didn't be a think little... they made those kind of yeah. That's back maybe not the direction I'm interested in going. Well, but I like the idea of one lone brother that yeah. you find. Yeah. Well, and that's how that true. changes your family. Well, dynamic. that would be amazing. That would be that would be so great. You know, all the brothers-in-laws are much beloved. I'm sure. And if they're known, that is. And um, how many brother-in-laws are there? Okay, there is are, anybody married? There's only two. Let's be honest. <laughs> and one doesn't count. Okay, so because never mind. they're estranged. Yeah, but the thing that's fun so is, there is okay. One. So I'm reading Who's a great book. I'm reading a great book called Kinship. It's a anthropology book, and it's all about affiliation, genealogy, and how we are not closed systems and we, we create family, create kinship. They call it mutual, mutuality of being. So I, I'm more of a create your own sibling set. You sure are. Kind of person. Yeah. You're, I mean, brother, brother. So my case in point. fantasy interrupted your story about your mother gathering all the Frable Wait, gals you on interrupted me? I know. It's what? weird. That's huh? so weird. I'm going to take a picture of these toe-headed these kids. Pe- yeah, the, yeah, with the mother, the mother's chasing yeah, them. Yeah, so sweet. That was McKenna and me when she was growing up here in little seven pools. Anyway, um, yeah, we would have Mother's Day. Well, we we would often have Mother's Day brunch at the Lafayette Club mm. when I was a little oh, toe-headed yeah. girl, and we'd all have to dress up. We'd go to church at St. Martin's by the Lake. That was just right by the Lafayette Club and we'd all fit in one pew because this was the 70s before it was expanded. And after church, we'd all walk up to the Lafayette Club and have brunch, Mother's Day brunch. And it was a big, huge buffet with a lot of deliciousness. And was your, your dad was in the picture, right? Yeah, he was there too. Yeah. 
Did it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Then we'd go swimming. Yeah. You know, we'd go for hikes. When my, when my mom kind of, um, when my parents uh, no longer celebrated things together, then my mom had us go to um, Theaterworth Park and just enjoy being together outside. Of course, we hated it. But now, in retrospect, it was really great. Mm. Just like it is today. It was just a beautiful day. Mm. For many years, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> this is a, uh, I just can't believe how quickly it got green. You know, the, the, yes. this, every year it's, it's such a miracle to see everything go from completely gray and muddy yeah. and gross to just an explosion of color. I mean, there's no place in the world that is more beautiful than the Midwest in the spring. Uh, I, I think it, it's just, you know, I, so I used to date Kim yeah. who was from Hawaii. And so we went to Hawaii. So I think I went to Hawaii five times. Um, and we would sometimes go to Hawaii from Minnesota when it was in full bloom. Mm. And I, and it, it would be, of course, when you go to Hawaii in the middle of the winter, it's such a amazing, you know, like a miracle to get off a plane and smell the bougainvillea or whatever. And, mm. and just, if it, yeah, it was a miracle. But to go from Minnesota to Hawaii, it, Minnesota is comparable. Mm. I mean, it is just as beautiful yeah. it's as, as uh, Kauai. Now, what do you think? Of, I've been thinking a lot about the character of the Midwest. I've been thinking about who we are as a people. And the jump from that gray atmosphere and the snowboundedness of of a Minnesota winter to, you're right, this abrupt greening into verdant and floral and the blue sky is popping. What do you think that does to us as a people? It's like, uh, I, th I think that it gives us, well, one of the things that people who move from the Midwest to someplace like California or, or Oregon or whatever, um, the, one of the things that they miss is that very seasonality of, of stuff and yeah. the, the whole... Um, it's kind of like a circadian rhythm, I think, mm -hmm. where we get into the rhythm of the seasons, and there are four distinct seasons. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. It's great to watch that stuff happen. Until it, I used to love fall because that was kind of a time of rebirth because of school. Right. But now fall is a bummer for me. Oh, <laughs> why is it why that? Just looking forward to winter. I don't oh. even want to think about it. It's, it I I get yeah. kind of traumatized. We don't have it. to talk about it. I mean, but don't you winter think is great, and if through all the way through January, and then at February and March just sucks so bad. Yeah. And this year, it sucked worse than any other fucking spring ever in the whole <laughs> history of springs. Do you think we go kind of crazy? Well, especially this year. Yeah. I mean, this year is an unusual year, but in terms of the kind of switching on to the, I don't know, just the expansiveness the emotional expansiveness the i just think spring fever in minnesota is so potent at least it yeah. is for moi it's so funny yeah so i i, I went out uh, th this is al also the season of just white skin <laughs> and well everybody looks some people <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but going out and riding my bike yesterday and being around the parks and lakes and stuff and all everybody was out um just it, it kind of People almost seem larval, <laughs> you know, like they just came out of their their little yeah. uh, uh, 
chrysalis and they are the larvae of, of humans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Hey, there's one of my piano students over there in the park. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, the taller guy, Cade. He's a very good piano player. And, uh, oh, Just really? a good sport all around, yeah. And he's putting up his hammock? And, and this is his first Minnesota winter. I should ask him about oh, that. Oh, where, where is, is he, he from? from? He grew up in Los Angeles. That's Larissa's uh, son. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Who we said hi to earlier. The neighbors are out. Yeah. Larval, yes. Well, what, what, what do you think about the governor's order to take some steps outdoors? Well, the thing, I, I, I think that much as I, I think that nobody should get sick and die, the reality is, is that people will also die if we don't get our society going again at some point <laughs> in some way um, you know because the we will devolve into uh, chaos or something you know the, the the society will fall apart if we don't get our economy going again um, hmm. so I think that it's good that we are and obviously we need to have an infrastructure to get us food and electricity and collect the garbage and do and have all the things that are reliant on a working economy. And do you think you're going to change what you've been doing so far? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've started actually going into Kowalski's and the co-op and stuff. And, you know, I'm wearing feel? a mask. How's it feel to you? You know, it actually feels pretty good. Like the the wedge is amazing. Yeah. They wipe down every cart before you get before as you walk into the store, and they get and they uh, uh, have a everybody's in face masks. Everybody is. They've got little you know guards and stuff uh, to uh, separate you from the cashiers. And do they limit the, the number of people? Yep, in the yep. Store? And so there's a line outside the store, and there's somebody monitoring it and making sure that everybody's uh, social distancing in the line. And um, it's it's a well-run distancing operation, dis- distanced operation there. Uh, same with Kowalski's. And, yeah. and, uh, and I heard that even Target is that way. Well, now. Kowalski's doesn't lim- limit the number of people in the store, at least not when I've been there. Yeah, I've, I go in off hours, and so there's hardly anybody in there. Most people are just picking up, doing curbside pickup. Yeah. Do you do you think you're going to plan any travel? I mean, I, I hear about people no. people getting in their vans and saying, we're going to go camp, and we're going to go this, and we're going to go that. And I just wonder if there's going to be that kind of movement. A lot of my piano parents are people who in the... In the regular summer, would be taking off and going on vacations and I'm, going. I'm laying low, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll work if I have to, and I'll do this sort of thing, and I'll go for social distance walks with people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and maybe I'll go into a place and come out quickly, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not going into restaurants or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Until yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking so. Um, I was thinking that one of the the good things about this is that there is no longer any FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, You know, like I would 
on a typical like Friday or Saturday night, I'd think, where are the people? I want to be out in the big crowds and, be, you know, uh, salsa dancing or at a show or at the Lake Harriet band show watching a movie with the crowds and, uh, and or going to a sports game or something, you know, like, um, and since there is none of that stuff, you don't really, or I don't feel that FOMO anymore. Um, but I wonder if other people are, are sort of realizing the same thing, that they don't need to be in huge crowds anymore. They don't need to go to the Vikings game. They don't need to go to the stadium concert. They don't need to go to First Ave to see what, you know, like, I don't know. What do you, well, what do you guys I, think? I expect what will happen is there'll be, People will come out and, and mingle, and then in the fall, um, I think we're going to see a spike, and a lot more people are going to die, and people will get afraid. I mean, as a group, we're not the brightest, you know? <laughs> uh, individuals can be varied and, and uh, smart, but as a group, you know, I don't know how well we tend to do, so... You know, we're just exhausted of quarantining and socially distancing, and so people are going to get back to it. And I think a lot of people are going to get back to it. And um, but there ain't going to be no Timberwolves game, or, or yeah, you know, yeah. And then I think we'll see a spike in the fall, and it'll be worse than the why, first. Why the fall? Do you think? Why not July? I don't know. Maybe July. Well, Osterholm says that it, that these things run in it, it, six months after the outset. That that it's almost like clockwork. That. Um, in past pandemics, it's always been six months after the the first outbreak. There's a second outbreak that is bigger. Yeah. So well, we the, have that. Yeah. <laughs> that to look yeah you know, I mean, to. people. You look at the people in Wisconsin and whatnot, and uh. I, I I understand that feeling. And and part of the reason that they uh, probably, you know, they're balancing out all of the the data on a felt. Uh, level, you know, in a felt way, and and um, and they just want to do what the sort of immediate things in their life. They want to socialize. They want totally understandable, and they don't have the fear or the um, sort of fact of someone close to them getting sick or dying because because it, it hasn't happened yet. Right. Yeah, and it hasn't happened to enough people, and, and hopefully right. it won't. But it's it's likely, likely that it's it gonna. that it will. Yeah, and so that's then you might have uh, you, you might have a, a, a population you know a general consensus going in the other direction, and and you have people uh, shunning people yeah. who aren't wearing masks and. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, burning down stores that, that open. I mean, you'll just have the opposite of what we have now. You know, it's interesting because here we are. It's been a couple months, right? A little bit more than a couple months. Nothing has changed about the virulence of this, pan, you know, of the germ, of the virus. Nothing yeah. has changed. The virus hasn't changed. Well, we it, know a little more. We know a little bit more, but the danger hasn't changed in terms of and the the prevalence has ha, is only increasing it's increasing so though we're now changing there's real no, no real evidence to say that we're that that's a good idea it, it, the, the ideas about the economy i mean i think it's interesting cuz this notion of going back to something that was a norm you know this is to me this is a huge opportunity to transform what was a norm that was not supportable 
you know, we had so much suffering and so much poverty and so much inequality before, and yet the economy was deemed functional. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch as our norms are transformed and our institutions are transformed by this. And I'm, you know, how Pops feels about this. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I, I don't know. I worry. I'm not, I'm not changing anything. I'll just tell you this. I'm well, it seems... Not like, for a while. You know, not I'm, there's I'm looking at evidence. a FedEx guy right now across the street uh, um, unloading an uh, order. Yeah. And you got to think that those guys, that they're going to get paid more. Well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen just from an economic standpoint to get people in those jobs. But you know critical what? jobs, they're going to... I, I doubt it. And you know, the hazard pay that was being offered in some industries is now being pulled as states open. Yeah, things are going to get worse for people that are working jobs like that because more people are going to want those jobs because there's going to be less people. And they're just... There's going to be less jobs. They're yeah, deemed expendable people. You know, you know that's the, the thing. that This is, you know, the racist but weather if we, front. But if we elect uh, um, Biden... And have, and get and turn the Senate over. Do you think maybe there's a, some legislative stuff that would happen? To, no, uh, God, I workers? hope so. I mean, I don't know. I think that I I, have, I you, don't know. I'm yeah. not hopeful. Do you think that the things um, that we think of as a kind of normal structures of governance are going to crumble? <laughs> no, I don't think that's, they're going to crumble. I think of. they're going to perpetuate themselves ineffectually uh, until a lot more people die. I and mean, then I think once. Once there's a vaccine and um, some sort of herd immunity, it'll be forgotten and people will go back to the same old, same old. And those that have will continue to um, put the boot on those that don't. Yeah. And you that's know, how it's going to be. What, I, what strikes me is that pre-pandemic, our institutions were in such dire shape. They were so... Um, bruised and battered by the Trump administration, the rule of law was so insulted already that this this vista of kind of terrifying loss of checks and balances has been ongoing. But but to be fair, it's not just... Trump. I mean, no, it's it's his, it's it's, his lackeys. It's, it's the Republicans, and and not just them. It's been going on for a long time. We we have not had a a good health system for years yeah, and years and absolutely. years. And um, you know, say whatever you will about what Obama tried to do or what Hillary Clinton tried to do when she was working. You know, for uh, was it under Clinton? Um, you know, I mean, there's been efforts made, but as a society, or certainly as a country, we have not yeah. looked at the problem and actually done anything about it. Absolutely. And and that's the, I mean, that's part of what you're talking yes. about. And you, I think, are of the opinion that this is going to cause all that to change, and I'm of the opinion that it won't. I, I remember I'm when of I was the, in wait, high wait, school. Wait, wait, wait. I'm of the opinion that it's not going to cause it to change. I'm, gonna, I'm saying that the disruption that is um, being felt by more people will promote uh, a greater understanding of the need to change. I mean, homelessness is a public health issue, right? Yeah, but But, here's the reason why I'm cynical about that. Because most people just want to go to the bar. You know what I mean? Like what we're seeing in Wisconsin. Most people... 
they're not contextualizing this in the sense of, ah, our society is ill. We need these long-term fixes. To, they're just thinking, well, my grandma's okay, and I just want my job. That's the important thing to that, me. You know what? Those people are actually a um, smaller percentage than the people who kind of respect the rule of law, I think. I think the ones who are agitating and the ones who are you know, flouting any pandemic rules. That's an AstroTurf moment, uh, movement, by the way. That but, that whole thing of... Uh, yeah, it's fabricated. Um, but I'm yeah. not talking about those guys. I'm talking about the general folks, say, in Wisconsin or elsewhere, that just, they just want to get out. They just want to go back to the bar. They just want to... Well, and they want to get back to work. And they want to get also, back to work. But I, mean, also, I would say that yeah. those people also want health care. Yeah, they and do. They want, and, and there are c- certain things that they recognize that they're missing that yeah the, but here's the, working the crux class of the, the problem they're not we don't we're not trained we haven't been cultivated to think like that as a population that's why it's not going to happen well but that but i i think that we don't know what the effects the long-term effects of this vi- virus are going to be but i would wager everything that i have that it is going to change society in yes. some pretty significant ways. Right. What those ways are, the well, jury's out. Here's hoping but they're for I the think better. That, but, you know, yeah, like World War II, the Depression and World War II changed society immensely. It, it, from the time it was in the 1920s, which is, you know, the kind of the, the Gilded Age and all that of, of the turn of the century and the, and the uh, Roaring Twenties, to what it became after World War II, with uh, FDR and and the New Deal and all that, uh, something like that could happen again. Um, it Maybe it, it might it might not. But that those two big events, especially the Depression, I think, um, and World War Two was kind of a, a, a symptom or a, a, a consequence of of the Depression. I th- uh, anyway. I'm I looking, think that this is going to change things. This I'm is going to change. I'm looking forward to what the millennials will do when they come into their own and start getting elected, and that makes me hopeful. A new generation taking the reins makes me hopeful. Well, yeah, but we can't just leave it to them. I mean, we're partic- This is a participatory democracy. We have to step up too, right? In this moment, we have to. We have to participate. You watch your mouth. <laughs> <with those. laughs> Well, of course, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I mean, you guys. I'm so. I. What do you think about Biden? I mean, how he, how old is that dude? I mean, you know, well, he's older on the inside than he is on the outside. I, I heard. I saw him in some interview the other day, and I was actually kind of impressed Were by you? him. Oh, yeah, good. and he he didn't seem as as weirdly um, on the enthusiastic. I mean, he he's been doing the the only times he well he's been appearing publicly very little but the only times that i've ever seen him it just seems like he's in a constant campaign ad just throwing out uh uh pablum it's a it's a sad comment that he is the democratic candidate who i will stand behind 100 percent. but i'm just saying and and it may be that that um you know i mean warren and sanders they couldn't do it you know they couldn't do it so i i respect that but it's just a sad comment yeah i do, do, feel the same do you think that um do you think that the pick he who he picks is going to make a huge god difference? i hope he picks uh what's her name stacy abrams stacy abrams yeah, yeah. well she's <laughs> campaigning for it which is admirable i think i mean it'll make me happier you know what i mean 
Um, yeah. It'll make me happier. And I don't, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm upset with Biden because of all the Anita Hill stuff. And that has sort of stayed with yeah, me. Yeah, that sticks in the cross. But don't you think in a way that there's an update that needs to be, I mean, he did learn from that, I believe. It's an emotional and thing th- on my part. It's not yeah, rational. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> you know? Totally get that. Yeah. But I do believe it be, you know, it, to update people and to say, you have the opportunity to learn. And you yeah, need listen, to. Yeah, I've, listen, I've learned yeah. and grown. I mean, yeah. Obama was against uh, 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 marriage equality. Right. Yeah. And right. at first and now he's fully for it and and, mm-hmm. and stands by yeah so you know people grow and change yeah. and yeah look at there's a three le- three legged dog i'm just thinking about say the difference between hillary clinton and and joe biden and uh you know they're both sort of um legacy candidates and how much better was hillary than biden um uh, immeasurable amount in my book you know, yeah. then trump you mean? mean no then biden you know like just in terms of like what what candidate we have last time we had hillary clinton well there's a lot of things that i didn't like about her in terms of you know she comes from this legacy she blah 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 but i mean she's a great candidate you know and she was super qualified and and uh, there was you know uh you know a lot of reasons to get behind her uh, you know i don't know yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we should talk about politics anymore. Okay, let's. It's let's too upsetting. Let's move on to what you're enjoying. How's your uh, fire we pit? Already talked about we that. talked about that. Oh, okay, that's so nice. I want a fire pit. I want yeah, a fire it, pit well, too. Well, I, I, I advise that you get uh, if you're going to get one, get uh, a solo stove. It's called. Can you send us a link? Because I'm going to forget that. Yeah, I'll send. <laughs> that. It's called solo stove solo for stove. all of our listeners. Yeah. But and what do they? What does the, it set you back? Uh, well, they've got like five different models, five different sizes. But the one that I think is super cool is called the Campfire, and it's just about—it's a little bigger, bigger than like a coffee can. Really? Nice. Yeah. And uh, and so you can just throw like sticks and 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 uh, you know twigs and and stuff that you find around the yard, or, or and uh, if you have like a loppers or something, you can cut it into little chunks and throw it in there, and. Uh, and it's so entertaining and <laughs> so easy, and it and the way that the, these things work is that they recirculate the air inside of them, so they burn. W- once you get them going, there's they put out almost no smoke. Really, and they produce this beautiful little flame, and then and it it completely burns whatever you're burning. So when the fire's done. You pour out just like a, a few little wispy ashes. Hmm. You haven't got anything to dispose of, and uh, and it's just so delightful to have a fire. Where where are you supposed to um, get rid of the ashes? Like if you had a proper fire pit in your backyard, just throw them in the. You you put them like in a paper bag, and then uh, throw them away in the trash. Yeah, yeah, in the trash. And um, interesting. And and with the model that you have, if you and Kathy are sitting around it on a cool night is it enough for you is it yeah yeah it puts out a lot of heat now is it the kind of thing that you could have on a porch yeah on yeah. a wooden mm. porch yeah <laughs> yeah because they have a they have a little soaked with gasoline a, a wooden porch in a, on a, in a, in a tenement house <laughs> yeah. with one of those gas station um nylon <laughs> things waving all around <laughs> yeah. what could go those wrong noodle guys what yeah. could yeah. go wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I want to. I've always wanted one of those guys. <laughs> I think they're easy to get. I wonder if you could get a small one that you could dance with in your living room. Oh, there you go. That's that's some pandemic dating. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna check when I get home. <laughs> they might. Yeah, they must have ones that are just like six feet tall. Yeah. That look like. You know, Elvis or something. You could probably yeah. order one that looks like you online. Yeah, you could get your oh. face. There, there is some company that you could just upload a photo, and they are going to make you your little floaty man. Have you? Uh, when we were the last time I was in New York, we uh, came across this store that had a, a 3D printer in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I tell they you they make little you figures? Yeah. Of you, yeah, yeah. So you go in. Those are amazing. The thing takes a 3D picture of you. And then they print it out, and it's a photorealistic miniature of, That's you know, amazing. whatever. Yeah, it's so cool. Huh. I'm, New I'm, York. So we should have done it, and we didn't do it. Ah, uh, New York. Yeah, they cost like 400 bucks. No, no, it was like 100 bucks. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, for like a, a small figure, 100 bucks. I mean, not that that's But nothing, not a bobblehead. No. No. That was no. it. Did you see it in the Chelsea Market? Is that where you saw it? No, it wasn't in the Chelsea Market. I think it was on the... I don't know, somewhere in like uh, Soho or near there. Hey, I have a recommendation. Let's hear it. Blood. Did we already talk about this? Blood, bones, and butter. No. The you know that restaurant in New York called Prune. It's on First and First. Oh, it's closed. It's closed, don't and know it. and uh, the woman who started it, uh, her name's Gabriella. I can't remember her last name, but she wrote this amazing memoir about her coming up and then becoming a chef. And opening this restaurant. Beautiful writing. And she wrote a gorgeous goodbye in the, I think it was in the New York Times or the New Yorker. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, that was gorgeous. So that's my recommendation. All is right. What book? is Blown? Oh, that's the name that, of the it, book. It's in the Blood, name Bones, of her, and Butter? Yep, it's the name of her memoir. And her, and it, her and name is Gabriella what? Oh, God, I wish I knew. Maybe Whatever. it's Butter. Gabriella Butter. It's not <laughs> Butter. <laughs> Gabriella Bones and, and she has a cookbook Her restaurant was called Prune A lot of places going out of business Yeah, <coughs> yeah all these Every place that caters to groups of people And that yeah. is going to change That alone is going to change society in Well a big all way. the chatter that I've been seeing From folks that I know in the event industry It's all just like The a facade of uh, cheer and portent and underneath it grim sort of gallows. Panic. <laughs> panic. It's, yeah. I don't Ugh. even think it's panic. I think it's just shock, you know? Shock. Well, it's shock and also I'm I'm seeing friends who are musicians and friends who, who run restaurants or own restaurants saying, what is my next career? Yeah. What do I build out of the wreckage? I will say it's been interesting seeing all these musicians locally and nationally. And, um, you know, it's it's funny how much of their sort of public image or public um, sort of cachet comes from uh, production. Do you know what I mean? No. Well, like if you see, and I'm, I'll use Christina Aguilera as an example, not, to, not that I actually have seen her public and private, but... Um, you know, she's done a lot of big productions with a lot of lights, a lot of, you know, uh, nice camera work and so on and so forth. And then you see her sort of in her boudoir, um, maybe singing or doing something like that. And there's something really beautiful about it, but then there's also something very normalizing about it. And, um, and it's not that far necessarily from the gal I know in the folk band who's going ahead and singing and 
you know, filming yourself. Yeah, on right, the phone. right. Yeah, the, I the, could do the that. The veneers yeah, yeah. are falling off. The 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 glam is going. Yeah, and and I mean, something about that's really interesting because um, I like the normalizing, the flattening of it, because. I tend to like most of those kinds. I love hearing people sing and play yeah. and so forth. Well, I don't care yeah. if they're. But it's humanizing, right? To see people without their team, their glam team, just present something. Yes, but that, the I'm experiencing the sort of inverse of that, which is, well, what if we, what if I take this person that's just doing a crappy, and this is sort of putting on my production producing hat, somebody who's you know talented and doing a crappy presentation on their, you know, iPhone, and then like, well, what if you actually gave them production? Now, the difference is that there is a learning curve. Like, they can't just go from zero to 60 because talents like, you know, national talents, they've they've spent a lot of time and have a lot of experience doing shows that have scaled up. They've had bad haircuts. They've had terrible shows. Well, well not just that, but right. they've, they've, they've logged the hours yeah. scaling up their production. The right. instrument that they play is that right. production. Right. One, of the, all of one that of the stuff. instruments. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one, so, one of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was just, I, I went down this Hoagie ra uh, Carmichael rabbit hole. Yeah. And, or elf hole, as we call <laughs> them here. Um, and one of the things that they were saying about him was that he was one of the vanguards of people who learned how to use a microphone and it was that it used to be that the the singers um for uh, you know say the glenn miller band or whatever they would pick somebody out of the band that just had a big voice you know that that could be heard above the band and that was the way that singers were forever you know opera or whatever you got to be able to hear those people in the back row yeah. So people like Ethel Merman or uh, whatever, the, the, the reason mm -hmm. that those people got their role and were considered great singers because they had a great set of pipes. Right. You know, these big, a, big old pipes. A way to cut through. To cut through and, and be able to sing above the band. Well, the new generation of singers could be very soft singers right. because they were amplified. But that was a new technology back then. And Hoagie Carmichael was one of those first guys. He had a very thin, reedy little voice, but when he got up close to a microphone, he was presentable, you know. And um, and that's kind of like nowadays. You need to learn how to like if you're going to be a big pop act, you got to learn how to do choreographed dancing. So that's one of the instruments that you play is dancing. You know, you got to learn how to use the mic, use all the technology that goes into a stage production and, uh, and you got to learn how to be a studio musician and well, go in the, and do all that stuff, which is another skill set. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that the, say the dancing for somebody like Christine Aguilera, and I know I'm sort of dating myself by using her as an example. Yeah. And she goes, you know, the young kids, the young <laughs> like Christine Aguilera. And but, the, but, um, but I, yeah, Wasn't she's the she first, in the Mickey Mouse Club? She, yeah, I don't know. She's the first one that came to mind. But, I mean, you take anybody, you take Billie Eilish or Eilish, whatever her name is, you take any of the young you know, kids that are out today, and, um, uh, you know, they're, um, they're great. You know, I mean, they obviously have their thing, but, you know, um, Billie What's-Her-Futz, she's not <laughs> dancing like, I don't know how to say her last name, but Billie uh, What's-Her-Futz, she's not dancing like Christina Aguilera, but she has cultivated her own thing, which is contextualized by production and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I think back to when I first 
uh, started using a mic or listening to my own voice, you know, yeah. and hating your own voice and yeah. hating how you sound or realizing that you're doing something in a performance that you didn't realize you were doing yeah. and you have to refine, refine, refine. I'm going through a little bit of that now with on camera stuff. And, um, you know, uh, it's all an interesting uh, evolution. Uh, a gal um, in a local folk band, she's, you know, not probably having to go through that evolution. Like, there's nothing forcing her to go through that evolution. There's no great commercial payoff, say, like there was for Christina Aguilera. And so she's just doing her gigs and selling her records and not having to, you know, push herself that way. I suppose video would be the first kind of a thing but that's you funny know. you should say that because sally dworsky who we know and love yeah an old friend from our teenage years who also is a phenomenal singer yeah. singer and vocalist she just put out a new video and song it's the first time in a really long time she's got a voice like an angel that girl yeah. oh i gotta see this and yeah it's really beautiful and her son sings too right oh charlie does, hickey whoa does the yeah and, and he he's doing quite well he's going awesome. for it he's uh playing a lot you can see him on instagram but now sally i talked her into it she has joined instagram so hopefully oh, did you guys ever like, see so they were doing uh i think npr was doing those uh uh tiny desk concerts yeah yeah where that was all really uh pared down uh, basically the kind of performance that you see in somebody's living room yeah um and there were certain artists that were that that format was really good for you know, and a lot, and they were the ones who were the the really good instrumentalists. You know, a band that had uh, acoustic instruments, and you know, so it might be somebody singing and playing guitar. And yeah, they didn't a, need the fog machine. A cello, yeah, there might be a cello and a flute or something like that, or no, right. and a, a, somebody playing a hand drum, and they could just kill it with that yeah. instrumentation. You know, and this new age may be more amenable to that kind of artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you, but you, but but it also has to be. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I want to see those people that are filming themselves on an iPhone. I want to see higher production values. I want to oh. see them cultivate some kind of a relationship with me through the media that's um, external or riding on top of that primary exchange, which is music to. Right listener you know i want some additional i don't want the okay oh, let me just adjust the mic here and so on and so forth i'm not <laughs> shitting on that i'm just saying i would like to see an evolution of that yeah and you know what i want is more talking like like what we're doing right here and more just um and that's always what i i tend to want when i'm really into an artist and i see them perform on stage the thing that I think is the coolest is when they actually talk to the audience See, I, <laughs> between I, songs. I love patter. I, I love have, stage patter. I, have mixed I think feelings. it depends if they're on the good person. at it. Yeah. Like John Prine was amazing yeah. at that. He would half of his concert was right. just him talking. And Joe Henry, amazing. I don't know Joe Henry. Ooh, recommendation, Joe okay. Henry. I know. Yeah, I've heard of that name, but um, but yeah, I I love uh, when there's. Well, I've I've said it many times before, but I'll say it again. I I love any kind of a show that's sort of a variety show. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and stage patter makes a music show into more of a variety show. You know, I, storytelling. I, yeah, well, uh, connecting with the audience. Jokes. Yeah. Music. Uh, you Did know. you ever go to uh, Wits? Yeah. I loved that. Oh, I, I, I hated Wits. I thought no, it was I, so really? unfunny. Oh, I loved oh, it. It was so, so unfunny. 
But I'll, I'll tell you, it there was, was nothing very, funny about that. It was show. very different to listen to than to go to. I enjoyed the show very much, and but I went once and I really enjoyed watching it live. And I, I can't remember if I listened to it before going live or Munson was ahead of that band. Yeah, or if watching yeah. it live informed my. Um, you know, remote experience, but I, I enjoyed that show very much. I used to do a variety show at the Bryant Lake Bowl back in the 90s that was just like what you're talking about. It was just a people coming on board. There were bands, little plays, little weird talents. I think, actually, Sally's cousin, Sally Dorsky's cousin, Dan Simon. Ah, good old Dan, came, who I went to school uh, he, with. He can play songs on his palms you know the fault farting song he could play songs so there's a there's a special there's a special word for that but he came and did that you know just weird little things like old vaudeville yeah oh vaudeville well th- that's what the you know Sonny and Cher and the yeah. Smothers Brothers uh. and the Andy Williams show and the that's blah right. blah yeah Captain and I mean, all the yeah yeah there were a million of them uh, th- that it, our childhood was basically full of televised vaudeville yes Um, which has gone by the wayside, but it needs to come back because variety is the spice of life. Absolutely. One of my very favorite moments was in Ruby's Dreaming, a show I did um, that was one of those crazy cast of 65, one night only, you know, I threw in the kitchen sink. There was a Busby Berkeley number, Kevin Kling performed, Bane Belke performed, I think you know the brass me- an earlier iteration of the brass messengers played anyway what was that thing that we saw you at pablo at the uh, uh, southern theater yeah well, that's balls. balls that's balls oh, that that's balls. yeah yeah that's yeah, a, yeah yeah that's a similar yeah, thing yeah that but, was but awesome but one of my favorite things about the ruby's dreaming show that i put put together in the 90s was um, bob and joe uh, god what were their last names anderson bob and joe anderson were from vaudeville Really? Bob Anderson was in charge of corporate giving at Cargill for years and years and years. And he was an actor at the Ornell Ensemble Theater. This dignified kind of, he had gravitas and charm and kind of an old world svelte handsomeness to him. And he played Big Daddy in Cat on Hot Tin Roof. He was that kind of guy. And then his wife, Jo, was this kind of Blanche Dubois character, very frail. And when they were in their 90s, they were in the show and they did a <laughs> dance. It was unbelievable. Oh, well, dude, I wish I could have seen yeah, that. Yeah, you would have oh, loved man. it. Yeah, I love it. Who was amazing. that family that that we saw? I met the guy at uh, Leslie's house at the, Brian. the party. Brian. Brian Sausage. Brian and Saucy his Mechanics. family. Oh, amazing. my God, that yeah. was great. I loved that yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, vaudeville is an interesting case because uh, a lot of those acts first went to radio. Um, you know, when vaudeville died, they mm. they got into radio, and then that was sort of the beginnings of the TV crew. After that, I mean, talk about an evolution of yeah. of form. But um, the form held on through Sonny and Cher and Smothers yeah. Brothers and and balls. The, I mean, that's what balls is. Yeah. There's Leslie Ball, and also the new of, standards holiday show. That's right. That's right. Getting, yeah. on, getting on stage. We used to do, um, I can't remember what we did at the Fitzgerald. What was that? What was, it, was, it was talking volumes, which was a little bit more sedate, but it was similar in that they would have us, the Brass Messengers open, and then there'd be a, an author, and there was a person talking to the author, so it was a lot of talking. Kind of, you know, just an yeah. audience listening to something that they might relate to. Yeah. 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 Well, hey. I think that we've uh, we've bumped up against our yeah 
the edge of something. We went down the hoagie hole, <laughs> the mushroom hole, That's the elf right. hole. That's right, the elf hole. Yeah. Um, I love well, you guys. I love you too. Love Good you to see you. Beautiful day. And uh, What so day is today? It's the 15th. May, May 15th. God, how'd that happen? Uh, I don't know. You know, I got a birthday coming up too, so yeah. that's why I was curious about. Yeah. Oh, when is yours? Um, very, very soon. Couple weeks. Don't be coy. When's your? No, birthday? I'm being coy. I don't try. I don't put my birthday out there because um, of the aliens. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Love you. Stay safe. Love you guys. Love Peace you guys. Out. Be kind. Bye.